connected. <laughs> I it. Oh, wow. I don't even know how to start. I, I feel so unprepared and it's, it just starts recording. So we're okay. live. <laughs> we're live. Okay, good. Um, yeah. So you're going to have to carry some water. I know you're used to farm chores though. So it should be no, <laughs> no trouble for you. Uh, my so, farm chores are pretty light. So <laughs> I think we'll be good. <laughs> is it right now? Do you just have chickens right now? Or do you, you have much more? We, yes, we just have chickens dogs we have a a canary and a salamander <laughs> oh so geez. pretty light <laughs> nice yeah are you on like 40 acres or what no we have about nine acres here that's perfect yes it's beautiful right on all right well we'll get to that um here's okay so here's just a awkward sort of introduction i guess i found out about you uh, oh, by the way, for my people, <laughs> this is this is Becky Schlegel, and I found out about you um, on the radio here on what used to be KUMD. Now it's the North. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, I was on this. I, my harvest day is just long. It's like 15 hours long, you know, harvest delivery. And I'm driving back from that last spot about 10 miles away. And they play three or four songs in a set. And then the announcer comes on and. And they listed all these other kind of luminaries that I had heard of, you know, like Bon Iver and like Ani DeFranco. And then they say Becky Schlegel, you know, <laughs> which just sounded like such a normal name, you know, like like one of my friends or something. So and, and it was also was the song I enjoyed the most out of that whole set. So I immediately got home and looked you up on on Spotify and I was just flabbergasted that you're your following is just minuscule there and it it did this whole like deep dive of all your music and I think it's just like world-class to be honest oh thank you I mean I feel like I've been playing music for so long we did um I did a a little radio spot on KUMD back in like 2001 with Rod Picot oh wow I love Duluth you know, and, and just the, the whole excitement of kind of coming out in the music scene, um, that was kind of, you know, the time frame. I started making music up here in Minnesota anyway, in the late 90s. So I just feel like I've been around forever. But you're right. You, you mentioned um, like the whole social media world. That was when, when I first started in the music scene, it was just kind of coming out like I, the Internet was new you know, in 97, 98. And so Spotify, when I first heard about it, I didn't even know that I was on it. (laughs) Calling me, they're like, I'm so glad you're on Spotify. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. (laughs) So I've I've had to, um, you know, learn a little bit about uh, the new world of music. Um, But honestly, I'm just, I'm just glad to still be here (laughs) somewhere out there. So yeah, so thank you for that. That's, it's flattering. I mean, I, I love people who love music. I love music. I do the same thing when I hear a new artist that I love and then I'll kind of dive into it and it'll be my new world, you know, for a few months. And then, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's inspiring to, to have a new favorite artist or to hear somebody that moves you. So for sure. Thank you for that. And also just, just to, uh, continue with my puffery here. 
I um I played a couple songs for my daughter this morning. I I just popped in early and Wildwood Flower, <laughs> and she she was like, "This is like famous stuff." Oh. Um, and and she just really liked it, and uh, and then she kind of went on a bit of a rant. How the only way stuff gets famous now is on TikTok and yada yada yada. <laughs> but yeah, it's but a she really liked it. World anymore, you know. Um, but I mean, platforms like that are pretty amazing. I, you know, who doesn't love Pandora? You know, you you choose a genre that you like, and then it's just one song after another, and um, it just opens your eyes to all different kinds of music. And I mean, for me personally, artists that I've never even heard of that I, you know, fall in love with. Would you, would you pigeonhole yourself into a genre? I mean, you, you kind of cross some boundaries, I think. I don't know. I, I like all kinds of music and I love to write. So depending on what I'm listening to and what I'm into at the time, kind of a little bit dictates what I'm writing at the time. So it's hard to have a favorite genre. I, I like Americana. I just, I like the way it sounds. I like that it's just kind of open and free to be whatever you're doing. Um, and, you know, I like acoustic music. I like scaled down music. I love hearing singer songwriters just very scaled down. That might be my favorite. Would you, so, would you consider yourself Americana? I you're, guess yeah. I would. I guess I would. I grew up listening to classic country and um, around 2008, um, I made a couple country records uh, and, and that's when I pull up my tunes on social media, if I Google, you know, or search my name in Spotify or Pandora, a lot of times that's what they pull up are these classic country records that, that uh, Brian Fessler and I made, which I love. Uh, but I also like it when it rotates around to some of my, you know, my own songs. So it, I don't know. It's, it's a, uh, to me, it seems like a, a wide variety of music when I search my own name, which yeah. is kind of fun. It's kind of fun. You know, my life is chapters and chapters and chapters of where I've been and where I started out. And, and so I'm, I'm glad the classic country is in there. And I know people love that. It's hard. To... So, yes. Yeah, it really is. And I, I, um, I'm glad you mentioned that 2008 thing. Cause I, I noticed like on Spotify anyway, it looks like you released three albums in 2008. <laughs> That's a lot in one year. Yeah. Yeah. It might actually be close to that. I know um, the country records were around 2007, 2008. And also one of my favorite solo records called For All the World to See came out around that same time. That's a good album. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That, I think that was 2010, at least on the, at least what they're saying. Okay. Um, so did you write everything on that album? I did. My very first solo, you know, songwriter record was Red Leaf, and that was around 2002. And I just, I was so excited to be able to write songs. I, I, I wanted to for years, and I, I didn't start writing until I was about 26, 27. And oh. so that, that was kind of an earth-shattering album for me personally, because it just sort of, it changed it changed my my whole way of seeing music you know when you can create your own um so that was yes exciting i'm, I'm glad then, you know the the rest of the records were all solo songwriter records except for those couple of classic country records we made for midwest country um we're super lucky to be part of that program it's out of sandstone 
Minnesota. And, you know, I grew up on classic country, so we wanted to kind of capture what we could, our favorites. And uh, I know a lot of people really enjoy those records. They're, you know, for sure, probably the most popular (laughs) records of mine, even though they're not my songs, but they're all my favorite songs. Right on. Um, Back to Red Leaf, though. Yeah, like I told you, I was listening to that while I was doing my planting this morning. And I really like Little Janie. Um, and I'm surprised to hear, cause it just, it just feels like this tune that that's been in like that, that has been in the world for like 200 years or something. I, it's just, there's something like folk, like, it, like it goes back like an Irish folk tune or something, but you wrote that. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that one. Actually, I wrote that before I had children. I don't think I could, <laughs> I'm hard time singing it even now, but, um, mm-hmm. I had a great uncle. It was actually my dad's namesake. He um, died of the influenza in 1920 when the epidemic was here. And um, I remember my, you know, reading about the epidemic because I was really interested in it because I had that, you know, connection. It's like a hundred year old connection, but um, I love family history. I love genealogy. So I, I was kind of taken by that story and researching it, you know, hearing these people's hardships, you would get sick and you know, there wasn't anybody around to help you. Like the doctors were, you know, they, they all were gone and so many people were dying. And so it's a story of a mother who was very sick. The dad was already gone and the daughter was sick too. And the mother knew she was going to die first. So then what do you do with, you know, so I don't know if you understand how the story ends, but it's, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful anyway, song. It's amazing hardship. how a song can be so beautiful and be so devastating yeah. you know, at the same time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a really good album. I'm cause yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I, I was going to ask like, like uh, how many of these songs have you written? You know, what percentage, you know, whatever, but it's a surprising to hear that such an early album of yours was, was, um, you know, all from you and your story and, you know, whatever. Um, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. It was such an exciting time because I was part of a, a really great bluegrass band. Just, I've just been so fortunate to know and, you know, have been able to play with so many amazing musicians. And, uh, you know, around that time that I started writing, we were performing a lot. And so I would take these songs to the band and just watching them, you know, the songs come to life. Everybody puts in what they have to offer musically and it just, it creates something, you know, beyond what it is. That was such an exciting time. That's still one of my favorite experiences is writing something and being able to take it to the band and, and watch it come to life. And it's all the people at that time that create it, you know, everybody's right. piece. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I'll, I think I'll leave a link in the show notes for little Janie and, it, and I'd encourage people to listen to that whole album. Um, and, and here's like a, <laughs> I tracked on this quote from the star tribune they said, I don't think anybody would be surprised if Becky became a national act. If um, enough people hear the CD, I don't see any way it wouldn't make her a star. And I, obviously you didn't become this big time star, but I feel like you have the chops for it. Um, yeah. There's such a tension there. I mean, even for me as a, as a writer, 
there's just this tension. It's like, you know, to like make any kind of living at it, it's like, it's like you have to become, you have to achieve some level of notoriety or something, but I, you know, I don't really want to become famous. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, I did an interview once. It was around that same time. Um, it was in Minneapolis and I think it was like the, it was NPR and, and it, I'm not quite sure who did the interview. It was like Jim Ed Poole or anyway, Probably, it was yeah. amazing. Like, I just remember them asking, you know, what do you want? And uh, <laughs> I just want to be like a little star. <laughs> and so I don't know what it is. You know, I've just, I, right now I feel really fortunate that I have been able to play music for this long. And I just feel like I keep getting these do-overs. Like I just keep getting a do-over and keep getting to try different things. Um, I'm actually getting ready to release um, a very different type of project on Saturday. You're uh, kidding. I, I started painting a couple oh, yeah. years ago or about five years ago, actually, and created a book that um, has these animal paintings that were inspired by this beautiful farm that we live on. And I gave all the paintings their own name, their own story, and then I wrote them all a song. So it's an A through Z collection um, called the Lullaby Collection. It's a book with music. And so that's coming out on Saturday. It's going to be released at Dwell Local down in Zambroda. So that is has just kind of been my world for the last four to five years, trying to combine art, like visual art and music. And it was all the music was recorded in the granary, which is where I'm sitting right now. Came out to the granary because it's the most beautiful sunny day here. Um, anyway, so that that was a new adventure for me. And I just feel so fortunate to have been able to, you know, when when one thing kind of ends, something else comes around and, you know, gives you a new fire and a new purpose. And, uh, yeah. Super fortunate. Yeah, I, I enjoy your paintings very much. I um, I ordered seven of your note cards earlier this year. And it's funny that I, I mainly did it so that I could get your P.O. box. And then I was going to write you a note asking you to come on the show. <laughs> Thank you. But, but I enjoyed the heck out of them. And I, I've sent them kind of all over the world just, just when I only had time to write a quick note to somebody. Um, I have a couple more here. I can't, can't seem to find them. But oh, well. I'm, I'm curious, you're um, like Herbert. I think that was the name of the donkey, right? Yes, the mule. The mule, mule. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a mule? Um, I have a mule and I have a donkey. <laughs> um, no, we don't have, like literally have a mule and a donkey. No, we don't have any large animal. I grew up on a beef farm. Okay. And I just, I know how much work that is. We don't have fences here. So we'd have to actually start with a fence before we could oh, yeah. get any livestock. Um, yeah. So no, they're just, you know paintings in my head well, well they're really good <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I yeah i enjoyed that one uh, very much and that and that big shaggy um must be a highland, highland breed of cattle yes. yeah so, <laughs> i love them yeah it and it's nice too because it's like your music it kind of it kind of opens up this sort of other side of me that's you know kind of uh mostly dormant but just, you know, it makes me think of wide open spaces and like belt buckles and cowboy hats and boots and just being out on this expanse of land, you know? Thank um, you. That is the nicest compliment. That is what I would hope for. I think people are longing for like fresh air and sunshine and wide open spaces because they're kind of rare, you know? Right. And, you know, I have just these childhood visions of 
you know, growing up on a farm in wide open pastures and South Dakota, it's wide open. It's its own beauty. Well, central South Dakota, you know, people don't always look at it that way. And when I see it, it's just, it's beautiful. You can did, see forever. I mean, and did you say your parents had a farm there then? Or, or yes, what? they, they farm, they have beef cattle and they're still out there doing it. My brother um, does the majority of it right now. Uh, but it's, it's pretty special. It's special for me to have grown up um, in that environment. And when I go home, it's just one of these places that doesn't change. Mm. Really endearing, you know, in a world where everything changes, you turn around and something's new, something's built up, something's developed. And when I go home, it's just so nice. It just seems the same. Do you, do you guys tend to celebrate Thanksgiving over there on the farm? I went home for Thanksgiving this year, but, you know, typically we stay up here in Minnesota. Okay. Uh, but I did go home for Thanksgiving this last year, and it was wonderful. I, I went um, way back in college. I was invited to somebody's farm in North Dakota uh, for Thanksgiving, and it was such a different experience. <laughs> I, just, I just loved it so much. And, and I remember, like, snowed maybe four inches, which, you know, we wouldn't consider much of anything here. But the whole the whole landscape was just buried in white. It was like a sheet fell down. You couldn't see where the roads were. And just waking up on this, I think they grow sunflowers and, you know, something like, you know, a bunch of stuff like that. And anyway, it was just so different. It was, and just so quiet. And the, and the wind just never stops. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's what I remember too. In the summer, especially, it's just hot wind and you feel like you can't hear, you know, because the wind is, but it's, I don't know. So, so you got started kind of playing as a, as a kid out there and in that kind of environment. Tell I me did. about that. My mother played in a country band. And when I was an eighth grader, I got to join the band and I played keyboard. And my little sister, she was a couple of years younger than I was. She played the drums. And man, I just, it was, I can't even describe how much I loved it. We'd go to, you know, legion halls and bfws and little bars and play for these dances um, where you know people used to come out they used to polka dance and you know two-step and we'd play all the classic country songs and that's you know we listened to classic country at home so i knew that music anyway but to be able to play it and to really get to know the songs and know the artists and see how much it moves people uh, I mean, that, those were back in the days when people would smoke in bars. <laughs> just the right. Yeah, that I these memories that I have are just you know, a foggy, foggy bar room with the best music and just the greatest time. It's funny. I'm picturing you as just like skinny, wiry kid in a honky tonk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember being you know 15 and thinking, boy, I better hurry up and make it big because Tiffany was big, Debbie Gibson was already a star, and thinking if I don't make it this year. It's going to be over. I'm going to lose my window. <laughs> Jeez. Little did you know, it's like a, it's a marathon. Yeah. yeah not, a, it is. not a sprint. Did you, did you guys try, I mean, were you guys like on the road, like traveling or were these just little day trips from the farm? They were just, you know, little Friday night, Saturday night dances at a town, you know, nearby, which could have been two hours away. You know how the, you know, the mentality is out there. You just, you drive, you drive and drive. Right. You know, it seems Did, like it's right next door, but it's not. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's nothing's close together out there. Um, circling back to Red Leaf just a bit, I um, 
I was kind of surprised, you know, because it, it is really well produced. And I, I, I assumed it was your first album, but I, I saw from these comments that it was your sophomore album. Um, yes. But I was just curious, did you, did you invest? Like, did you have to pay a lot of money for a studio? I saw Peter Ostrushko's in that thing. Um, so this was, it was a different yeah. type of project for me. Um, I had really amazing people that believed in me and um, had some investors and got to record at Wild Sound in Minneapolis with like the famous Tom Tucker was the producer. He was so amazing. Everybody who was part of this album was amazing. And it was done mostly live. And I haven't done a record like that since where it's been mostly live. Well, Drifter was live, um, but this was just very, very special. And you're, I mean, I'm glad that you noticed the production because it was amazing, you know, and it was partly analog, partly digital. Like I'm, I'm hoping I even say this right, but it was kind of a little bit old school mixed in mm -hmm. with a little bit of all the new technology. Uh, but Tom Tucker, he um, is just a treasure. And that album is beautiful, you know, because of everybody, but mostly because of Tom Tucker. Right on. Mm -hmm. Um. Did you, did you take like a break? Cause it looks like there's like a 10 year gap in the album. Um, I'm trying to even remember. It's just feels like so long ago. Um, Drifter I, I, would have from been like 2012 to 2022. Oh yeah. So I, I actually, we lived in Tennessee for about four years from 2009 to 2013 ish. Um, and while I was there, um, you kind of, you kind of really cut out a little bit while I was there. Was, oh yes. So we, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah. 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 The classic. Okay. Anyway, um, that time frame, Heath and I moved to Tennessee and I was able to write with people that I never even thought I would get to meet in my lifetime. And so I recorded an album um, it came out in 2014 called Opry Lullaby. Mm -hmm. And those were all, well, most of them were co-writes from my time in Nashville. And um, the album was recorded at Randy Kors studio. Um, oh. He's, you know, absolutely amazing producer as well. And that album actually has a very country feel um, with all these, you know, amazing songs that were written while I lived there. And so that, there might have been a gap. So Dandelion, I'm trying to think. Dandelion came out in 2009 or 2010-ish. And then 2014 was Opry Lullaby. And then I didn't record anything else until this Lullaby collection, uh, which was just so different than all these other records. You there? <laughs> Hello. Looks like we're cutting out. Hey, that's cool. Um, are you there? Um, um, I haven't. Okay, are you there? Recording. Yeah. <laughs> you cut out for a good um, 40 seconds, something like okay. that. Well, uh, well, you didn't miss good much. old, good old cell oh. coverage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I guess there is a break between 14 and now. Um, but, you know, like I say, I'm just, I'm kind of glad that I'm still able to even make music and play music and have people that want to listen to it, you know? Yeah. The hope Did, is that it will always be there. But Were you and your husband, Heath, were, were you guys playing in like little Nashville dives and stuff? And Um. A little bit. I did a lot of songwriters in the round kind of thing. I got to play at the Bluebird. I got to play at the Loveless Cafe. Like there were some serious highlights there. Yeah, I'll say. My favorite was just writing with people that I just never even thought I'd get to meet. All of a sudden I get to write a song with them. Um, An absolute highlight was meeting Harley Allen, uh, who's a, you know, very famous songwriter. Heath and I both are fans of Harley Allen. We actually named our youngest son after him. And then when we moved to Nashville, we got to meet him. So I got to write a song with him. And um, unfortunately, he passed away in, I think it was 2011 or 12. Um, but I got to write a song with him that's on Opry Lullaby. Cool. Yeah. How, how old's your son, Harley? Harley is, he just turned 13. Okay. So that was from that era then. <laughs> yeah. And you guys had him. Cool. Um, when, when did you come go on to Prairie Home Companion? Was that around that time? I, like my first time on Prairie Home was in 1999. Jeez. Garrison Keeler did a show in Rapid City, South Dakota, and somehow he found out that I was from South Dakota. So we got the call to be on the show and, uh, that was my first time. And then I, I, you know, been on a handful of times since. Um, and the last time I was on was in 2015. So okay. really, really lucky. Oh, I love singing duets with Garrison Keillor. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do. Yeah, I was going to ask if you if you did a duet with him. Is it is it possible to hear that anywhere or, or not? There there are archives that I've pulled up on, on the internet. And I honestly can't remember how I got there, but I'm sure if you searched up Prairie Home Companion, it's probably easy to find them. You yeah. would just need to know what years you know, I was on and what show, which would be a little tricky, but yes. A okay. highlight. Well, what right on. Oh, I miss it. You know, yeah. I think everybody does. <laughs> For sure. What, what, what keeps you going right now? Um, well, um, definitely this painting piece with the, with the, you know, scaled down songs um, I was looking, I was kind of searching for something a little bit different. Um, and painting really kind of led me there. So that's my new thing, you know, painting. I've, this lullaby collection comes out Saturday and then I have a volume two that's going to come out in the fall. And then oh. I don't know, it'll be the next new thing. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Keep, keep playing music, keep singing any way you can. Um, Heath and I have this you know live on this beautiful property and we have a huge amazing old barn um, that we have music shows in so that's another kind of fun adventure you know is hosting shows Um, I know this summer the Poe Ramblin boys are gonna play in our barn and we have a big event every August called Banjo Bash so that's a whole new you know avenue um, of just being part of music and hearing bluegrass and country in an old barn, it's so perfect. So perfect. Yeah. I've seen, I've only seen photos. It's, it's called, is it called the Loy Show Barn? Yes. 
Yeah. How far is that from Duluth? <laughs> it's three hours. Okay. Actually, I'm trying to remember what it takes me to get up to Duluth. I, I can get there um, in a lot less time than I always think. I'm like, oh, it's going to take me like four hours. And it's, it's not that bad. Okay. And a lot of my people are actually down, well, you know, this huge crowd I have listening right now, but there are a number of them are in the cities and I would encourage you guys to go to this Loy show, show barn and tell me about it. Cause it does look absolutely stellar. <laughs> it's Pretty big fun. old, must be a 110 year old barn or more. Yes. It's, we don't actually know the date. Um, there's rumors from the neighbors that the original barn had burned down or fell down. It, it um, got damaged somehow. And the rumor is that this barn was just down the road and it was part of a double barn and they moved this barn up here with horses. That's the story. And we did find a, we think it's a date on one of the beams in the barn of 1912, but we don't really know, you know? Yeah. We don't really know. It'd be so fun to know. And the granary is the same way. This building here, it could be my favorite. It's like a museum in here. Um, We lived here for a couple years before we came in here and we power washed the whitewash off the walls. And of course I'm in love with the, the, the family history here on this property. And so once we got rid of the whitewash, all of a sudden I started seeing like signatures and names and dates and all these amazing remnants here in the granary. So this building to me is really special. It's kind of set up like my art gallery <laughs> and I've polyurethane the walls. So all the dates and all the initials and the names and everything should hopefully stay put, at least for my time here. Oh, that's fantastic. It's so great. I wish and everybody I'm- could see it. And on behalf of Barnes Everywhere, thanks for giving this one a purpose. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, they're so they're so special. You walk into a barn, or at least I do, and you just immediately get goosebumps. You know, it's almost like walking into a big cathedral or something. They're just spectacular, and they don't make buildings like that anymore. Or, I mean, in my opinion, no, they they're don't. Very special. Yeah. You can't buy age. You know, you can't buy at you know home depot what these old buildings offer so they're just so special speaking of these speaking of these kind of old ways um your first song and i think maybe a couple other ones in um the lullaby collection your latest album you you know it's kind of got an analog feel to it there's a little static like uh you know like it's a record playing yeah would would you ever consider having some some albums pressed in vinyl that's a dream of mine to turn the lullaby record into um, like a double record set because the, you know, that album has 26 songs on it and there's only so much time available for a record. So in my dream world of um, having one pressed someday, which I hope I get to do, um, it'd have to be a double set. And I think what I'll do is uh, once the second volume comes out this fall, I'll just pick all my favorite songs and then, press a record um, between the two. So yes, records to me are one of, it's the most special way to hear music. And you have all that real estate to put your graphic design and whatever you want to say on there. It's just amazing. It's just a whole different experience um, than, you know, how we listen to music nowadays, which 
is amazing in its own right, you know, but I, I do miss records. So it'd for be fun sure. To... Yeah. Ditto I, that. I, like I, yeah, I've, yeah. Oh yeah. I saw your um, new record station, right. <laughs> which is amazing. Isn't it Thanks. fun? Put it really is. Album and it's more of an experience than just listening to a song. Like you fall in love with, well, and you have the ups and downs of what the album offers instead of just, you know, the best song of this person, the best song of this person, the best song. You get the experience of, you know, 50 minutes of the same band or same artist. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're on a journey and yeah. then you have to get up and flip it. Yeah, I, I, I think that I actually think that's a good thing, you know, having to go to the B side. Yes. I um, do too. Cause how well, can you really appreciate all of the best of the best of the best? If you never have one that's scaled down a little bit, it's maybe not a hundred miles an hour, you know? Right. I, yeah, well, I'm. I'll, I'll definitely be watching for that because um, that's that. That's definitely what I'm lacking from you. Is 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 I'm all just doing. You know, look at listening. I've listened to all of it. You know, just on my phone. But to have like a twelve by twelve album. You know, <laughs> you know, with, with the art and all that. That would be. That would be pretty spectacular. Oh, well, thank you for even saying that. I I hope I get to do that someday. I I'd love to have LPs. <laughs> I've never had one. You know, even with my older albums, it'd be so fun to go have them pressed as an LP. That would be like a dream come true. Yeah, there's no reason you couldn't. I mean, yeah. I know there's a, a financial investment, but right, you'll get it back. <sighs> yeah, maybe <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> um, well, cool. Is is there anything else that that you you'd want to add? Or I'm no, sure I'm I've not... missed so much. I am so honored and flattered that you. Uh, wanted to visit with me and that you stumbled across my music it it really uh, means more to me than you'll ever know so thank you for reaching out and for listening and for you know uh, supporting my art all of it I really appreciate it and I you know I'm just a fan of you and what you're doing up there it's uh it's really great I I just want to say thank you so oh thanks Becky I appreciate it and I, I look forward to, uh, I, I'm going to have to arrange some sort of a convoy with a friend or two, and we'll have to get down to your show barn and, and see some sort of show, which, by the way, I noticed that you're coming out this year, like, you know, swinging, swinging for the fences, it seems like. I mean, you, you've got, it looks like you got a couple dozen shows booked. I mean, that's got to feel pretty good because the last it, couple of years have been like nothing, you know. <laughs> It does feel really good to play. And, you know, I've, um, I've been collaborating a little bit with the High 48's Bluegrass Band. And, you know, first and foremost, I just, I love their music. I love their vibe. I love everything about their group. And then to be able to come in and, um, you know, do some of my songs with them and be a little part of that band is just very exciting. So a lot of the shows coming up are, are with them. So that's really fun for me it's just it's just a whole new um kind of fire to get out there and play music so i'm really looking forward to this summer awesome well thanks for persevering in this in this work i mean it's work mm -hmm. that you you've clearly been designed for you know it's it's what you what you're made to do oh, and you've got to just keep doing it and it's a it's a blessing to all who hear even if it's 
you know, just a couple hundred in the audience instead of like this huge arena, you know, (laughs) it'd be nice to get there. Um, But, you know, I'm just appreciative for whatever it is and be able to keep doing it at this point. And, you know, for something new, like this lullaby collection, it's just, it's fun to have something new, something to work on and strive towards. So absolutely. All right. Well, you have yourself a great day. Get out and enjoy that sun. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay. Bye now. Bye.